and welcome back to Butter With That, but this time we're back with something a little different. Welcome to the pilot episode of a new spinoff podcast called Wookie With That. Wookie With That. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> is, is that our theme song now? Remember the SNL skit, right? No, keep going. No, no, no keep no, going. Should, you know what I mean, right? No, keep going. Wookie Fully With That. us. You know what I mean? You guys want to say? Oh, yeah, we do. It's like a lounge Wookie song. I think I'm I'm really into it. Oh, there's a Keenan Thompson sketch on uh, mm. SNL. Okay, we'll uh, check it out after the episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, as you might tell, things are sounding a little different today um, because we don't have the normal butter crew with us. Instead, we are joined by Garrett Smith and Alex Schneider. Welcome to Butter with that, guys. How are you guys doing? Welcome, doing well. I just heard Alex's name for last name for the first time ah, ever. Oh. All right, well. You're welcome, I guess. Nice to meet you. <laughs> and along with me as part of the original Butter Crew, we are also joined by... By Tori. Hello, everyone. Hi, Tori. Hi. Um, for a while, we've I feel like we've been planning this Star Wars spinoff show for a little bit. That was weird. Mostly phrasing. in reference to us starting to talk about Star Wars on other episodes, mm-hmm. being like, guys, we can't talk about this right now. Uh, yeah. And the stars have finally aligned for us to do a full breakdown of um, and kind of review and retrospective on the rise of Skywalker. Because um, <sighs> we're still not <laughs> over it. Because we are still not over it. Can't and what better way to talk about that stupid movie again? I mean, we did see it three times. I know. So. That's why I'm so jazzed to talk about it. <laughs> Uh, and we really felt like the Rise of Skywalker deserved its own special episode, especially because not everyone had seen Rise of Skywalker uh, for the original mm-hmm. Butter Crew. And we also want to invite on some of our favorite Star Wars fans. That yeah, we know in our lives. and both first time guests mm-hmm. to the podcast. Yes. I finally get to be on your podcast. I know. I've been on your podcast like four or five times. Tori is a regular guest on my podcast. I host a podcast called I Like to Movie Movie. Yes. And uh, Tori is a regular guest on it and because we live in the same house. Yes, we're recording from Murder House, which is typically where you film or record I Like to Movie Movie. Correct. So this is also a first time for us recording at our Murder House studios. Indeed. Ooh, yeah. I like that name. Mm-hmm. It's good. Um, yeah. All right. So, um, great. Is this how your podcast goes? <laughs> this is usually how it goes. Um, fuck off, Karen. <laughs> Just fuck off. We're running the show today. <laughs> Taking over Murder House Studios. I'm bringing you theme songs. <laughs> so, I think before we kind of dive into the Rise of Skywalker. Probably will mostly be many negative, critical sort of types of thoughts. I thought we should get started with our favorite Star Wars memory. Um, there's a reason why the four of us are here together to talk about a movie franchise. It means a, uh, a lot to us. And so I thought a good way to kick off this first episode of We'll Keep With That would be to just share what our favorite Star Wars memory is. It could be a scene in a movie, when we watch the movie, TV show. You know, just what's your favorite Star Wars memory? I have a good answer for this if... if- uh, You're definitely else. going first. Go. Okay. I, I can't think. Of uh, when really I was uh, in middle school, so uh, one of my shout out to my friend Tommy Grimes. He was like my best friend growing up. I met him in middle school in like sixth grade, and we met because I was reading a Star Wars novel, Tales of the Bounty Hunters. I think ah, that's what yeah, called, yeah, Tales yeah. of the yep. Bounty Hunters, uh, which is cool. It's like a really cool like uh, it's a short story. It's five short stories. Each oh, about okay. one each about the bounty hunters that um, Darth Vader hires to uh, find. 
Han Solo? What is he trying to do? Whatever. Uh, yeah, you know. The, <laughs> it's the, close the, enough. Yeah, Bosk, IG-88. Yep. Uh, yeah, those guys. And uh, it's really good. It's fun. And uh, my my friend Tommy, so we had the same, uh, we were in the same homeroom, uh, first day of middle school, and uh, he was reading a magazine called Star Wars Insider that I would eventually become a subscriber of. I did not know that there was a thing that you could, I didn't know there was a Star Wars magazine you could subscribe to. So Tommy and I met because of Star Wars. We were both reading Star Wars things and became friends, and we were... Uh, very, very close for a long time. We're still uh, really good friends today. I lived with him for years here in Philly um, back in the day. He's since moved to, uh, I think he's in California now. Um, but uh, yeah, so Star Wars, like kind of, uh, you know, my fandom of Star Wars kind of got me, brought me to one of my best friends. And a lot of my relationships in my life have been based around love of Star Wars. Um, in fact, Alex and I uh, pretty much connected yeah, over basically love of Star Wars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So uh, I'd, it's more recent, um, but something that like, Garrett, Tori, and I have talked about incessantly since they've started Clone Wars is freaking Clone Wars. <laughs> so uh, it's just wonderful, and I'm so happy because they're close to finishing it off that mm-hmm. uh, I'll actually get to like unfettered, unfiltered, be able to talk about everything where I've been uh-huh. pulling mm-hmm. a lot of things and like yeah. checking IMDb yeah. and be like, you watched what? I'm like, okay, I can say two <laughs> other things to you. <laughs> Before things every like, time I'm talking to Alex at the bookshop, he like yeah. starts typing stuff on the computer and he's looking up episodes to see what I he can I need to say. make sure that I'm not ruining anything because it's just so uh, before I like take over too much time, it's just so good. And one of my if I could remove nostalgia from the situation, it is the only in every Star Wars like IP. It's yeah. it's wonderful, it does everything Star Wars can do that none of the movies are actually capable of doing. Yeah, I, l- I love yeah. Clone Wars. Yes. I it's love it. fantastic. So yeah. that would be a recent and lovely memory of like connecting with people because of Star Wars. I'm sure Clone Wars will have its day on this episode, on this podcast. It's fucking better. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. It's kind of all I want to talk about all the time. <laughs> um, and I know you've seen all of it that's yeah. currently out because I told Alex this before um, you got here we went to Book Trader yesterday before going mm. to the movies and I picked up a book because it was an Ahsoka book and I was like this is so cool and I read the first sentence and it immediately ruined something that we ruined. haven't got to in Clone Wars yet and I was like yeah, right, you cover your ears. sweet gonna yeah. put this down yeah, I can't I'm literally the only one with the headphones on <laughs> no matter what you say I hear it and I was like Garrett don't look at this book <laughs> But uh, yes, Clone Wars is amazing. It's uh, we discovered it as we were also discovering Rise of Skywalker. So yeah, Clone Wars kind of saved my Star Wars fandom, I think. Yes. But that's maybe a the conversation. Lord totally the Lord agree. Take it away. Yeah. Totally yeah. agree. Yeah. Uh, Tori, how about you? Favorite Star Wars memory? Um, so I got into Star Wars because my dad loved Star Wars, um, and so at a very, very young age, that's something like he, he and I would like watch together, and that's how we kind of like bonded when I was like four or five years old. Um, and for whatever reason, I think the, A New Hope was the only one we actually had on VHS, or we had like worn the other two down so much that that was like the only one that we still had. So that's my favorite Star Wars because I watched it all the time. But my favorite memory was at it was the day after my fifth birthday, I think. And I was like off from school. My mom like put on a new hope first thing in the morning for me and let me have cake for breakfast. Mm. And I was like, how is life going to get any better than this? I remember being a kid being like, yes, this is the greatest day of my life. <laughs> and I still think it like is the best. And you were right. Can get. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ever, I was going to say, did child services yeah. <laughs> show up after that? Like cake for breakfast, all this other oh, stuff. Oh, it was so good. Makes no sense. I want to live in that day forever. <laughs> 
I totally forgot about Star Wars Insider until you just brought it up, Garrett. Oh, man. That was a great publication. Uh, I Yeah, I subscribed to that for years and years and years. Like, years beyond probably when I should have been subscribing <laughs> to it. When there was nothing for them to be publishing about. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think my favorite memory, and I've been kind of bouncing around a few, I think it has to be the first time I played the demo for Battlefront 1 on the original Xbox. Oh, man. Yeah, um, I remember that. I wow. love... I forgot what game that came with. Was that, I, can't, I can't remember was either. Was it Halo 2? It, uh, maybe. Um, I don't remember. So it was For some, some reason, it's connected to Silent Hill in my brain, but I don't know why. Hmm. Uh, but the demo for Battlefront 1 on the original Xbox was just mind-blowing, being just a kid and playing, loving Rogue Squadron on the N64 yeah. and the GameCube, but then just playing as like a Stormtrooper or a Rebel Soldier, yeah. running around the beaches, running around Naboo. That was really when I felt like the universe just of Star Wars totally just like exploded in my mind yeah. like what was possible in that world i'm i'm a i think i'm a little bit older than you and i and when um when episode one was coming out there was like a lot of crazy star wars product again the it was starfighter like, yeah and like oh. well there was like i um, had padme's diary i bought it at like cvs really <laughs> yeah. really oh my god there were crazy even know there was a thing yes, uh-huh. there were crazy you could get the little braid thing I do remember that the Padawans that. Yeah. wear I must have had that as like yeah. a clip-on thing I definitely did wear have that yeah did you um, have one I probably had one yeah. yeah I don't know that I ever like had the courage to actually like wear it anywhere <laughs> other than in my own house you know mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but uh, there was a lot of crazy product for <laughs> that Bold movie. Fashion choice. And I remember that time because like N64 had this pod racing game. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That, that got I remember lot playing of, a lot. A lot of gameplay. And there was a Shadows of the Empire game that was very, very good uh, that I played for N64 a lot as well. Um, that was like, that was probably my favorite. That whole era of Star Wars was like it for me. Because, you know, we I am just the right age that like, I got to both grow up with Star Wars because my uncles had VHS mm-hmm. tapes of it and stuff, but then still be young enough when the prequels came out to also get my own Star Wars as I was like young enough to be like thrilled by that. That you was know? the same for me. Yeah. 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 And I'd say with that game, just multiplayer, right? There's oh, like yeah. the onset of like kids finding video games and then finding games to play with their yes. friends and then staying up all mm. freaking night, yep. like ha- hopped up on caffeine oh, yeah. and. Pixie Six or whatever it was, like we're just gonna play yep. that and like Street Fighter Two Turbo until <laughs> we're like dead. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And I think Wonderful. the first Battlefront was one of the first games to have downloadable content. You might be one right. One of the I first no ones because you could download uh, Kit Fisto as a character. Uh-huh. Oh, mm. fucking Kit Thirst Fisto trap so Kit good. Fisto. Thirst <laughs> trap. Oh, <laughs> uh, those tentacles, man. Uh, Dude. That, that episode when he's like swimming, and yeah. we're just like, oh my god! Season four premiere, <laughs> he's just shirtless underwater the whole time. I was like, oh Jesus Christ! We're like, damn. Yeah. Uh, you guys haven't seen the uh, 2002 2003 animated Clone Wars miniseries? No. The uh, the one the by movie? the Samurai Jack guy? Yeah, uh, Gendy Tarakovsky. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen uh, some episodes of that, and I, I, I need to watch all of it because uh, Samurai Jack fucking rules, and Samurai that guy's animation is like amazing. I love those character designs applied to Star Wars. There's it's a- interesting how much of them are carried into the current iteration of Clone Wars. Um, it, it feels like they're a little bit based on those designs mm-hmm. from that version of the series. Because that that was on the air before the... the se- it was like... It aired for like a season or two, and then it was just like shut down. We're restarting. Yes. It's now going to be this CGI series, more directed at children, a little more story driven, right? Mm-hmm. It's like they're pretty separate, actually. Because right. that, the, the 
to not go on too deep of a tangent, the 2D one was like little five minute episodes before episode mm. two came out. And they're and then, even more like episodic than even the Clone Wars mm-hmm. series as it currently is, right? Like they're like very disconnected from one another. Mm. Yeah, altogether yeah. it's just like 90 minutes of content. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Like on, on, a, on a small aside for Samurai Jack thing, my brother sent me a text from some convention. There's going to be a Samurai Jack game. Hell yeah, there is. And yeah. it looks pretty dope. Yeah, pretty excited. I don't know what it's going to be, but like just any more Samurai Jack, and I'm in. I'm Very cool. In. Um, ready to dive into the movie? Oh, the rises we have. <laughs> oh, right okay. this. That's are right. That's why we, we're here. I was just going to keep, keep talking like about we're putting it into off. more tangents into more tangents. <laughs> we can't keep talking about Samurai Jack because when you get excited Wars. about like the right Star Wars things, uh-huh. yeah. But yeah, I guess so why do we want to talk about I the wrong the band-aid off? Go ahead. Um, you know, there's some good stuff too. There it. Yeah, I don't want to poop on this movie like no. all together. No, and I think two months later, I feel like I have a like I don't know. I feel at peace with myself. Yes, you're healed. I'm healed a, a little. little. Bit. Also, yeah. Game of Thrones season eight, I think emotionally prepared me. I was mm. talking uh, to this at a friend at work. Uh, the <laughs> finale of Game of Thrones prepared me for ultimate <laughs> fandom disappointment. So at that point, I was like, well, it can't. It's not worse than the ending of Game of Thrones. So um, yeah. We I saw it three times. Yes, so yeah, I didn't really <laughs> like it any time. Like, I feel like, but the <laughs> third time. Oranges. The third time, I really enjoyed the C-3PO movie that's inside of this movie, and that's now just how I'm going to have to enjoy this movie moving forward. Yeah, once you were dead inside to everything else, <laughs> you were like, C-3PO is funny as it's fuck. so funny in this movie. I, I cut, So I was listening to an episode of Comedy Bang Bang, uh, which is a, a comedy podcast that Scott Ackerman hosts, and um, Ben Schwartz was on, and they were talking about oh, the Sonic so movie, <laughs> and Ben Schwartz oh, mentioned Jesus. that... He has a credit at the end of Rise of Skywalker, and he was not allowed to say which character he did this for, but he was allowed to say that he wrote a lot of ADR punchlines for one character in Rise of Skywalker, which means Ben Schwartz basically wrote C-3PO in this movie, because that's the one character that has like a shitload of ADR punchlines. Yeah. It's It's definitely why that character is so funny throughout the movie. Yeah, 3PO definitely uh, stands out as a bright spot. And yes. given that this was written by Abrams and Chris Terrio, who wrote Batman v Superman, Argo, and Justice League, not surprised that the reason why those lines stick out is yeah. because and it was if written you're going to basically else. call R2 from the entire fucking movie, C3PO better pick up some sort of slack. Right? This trilogy's Fair. relationship <laughs> with droids is very weird. Yeah, we can only have one, I suppose. Like, it's very bizarre. Yeah, it's like the first one they introduced the new droid, which is very exciting and cool. And and sort of you know give give like sideline the other two which cool all right so that's yeah. what we're doing that's what this trilogy give us is. the one but then... then the second one switches that and brings one of the old droids back out of retirement sidelines the new one a little bit while still trying to like highlight mm-hmm. it and keep it like a main character and then this one is just like now we have a forty droids uh, we like them all. Uh, they all get 10 minutes of screen time each. Uh, one of them speaks English. Like, it just, like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> and with it's voiced by Abrams. Yeah. yeah. Um, basic, I'm sorry. You know, I did it enjoy the new robot. <laughs> Dio, is that his name? Dio? The new Dio, robot? yeah. Because yeah. uh, it reminded me of my dog, Sage. Oh, oh yeah. Running I can up. see yeah. that. Sage is very timid. She's very lovely, but does not love people. Has the same just triangle like nose. Hint of trauma. Yep. Triangle yeah. nose. Hint of trauma goes, no thank you, no thank you, like backs yep. away. So... In that those brief moments, Aww. I got some enjoyment. It was definitely out of that. just like a rescue dog. It was totally a rescue yeah. dog. Like yeah. Very much mm-hmm. uh, from the beginning, uh, my wife and I were like, "Oh, I I like that droid That's because it's like something that, that we yeah. are like very uh, keyed into." But um, I yeah, like it's, that. <laughs> 
more trauma. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Poor thing. I think the first question we have to tackle is how do we feel about Palpatine and Ray Palpatine and all know, of that, man. I, 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 I just this movie should have been about the the new character. I don't know. I it should Kylo either. Sh- I, I just. It's the least interesting thing to me for it to be Palpatine. So it's just I, the least interesting. Can I? I I'm only counter playing yeah. a little bit of devil's advocate for that. Um, I think it. I think it's an interesting, really interesting concept. Um, I think my issue with it is that you gave us two movies worth of arc in one movie and didn't particularly do it well. That I agree. That is like, like the, if you gave us the hint of it in number yeah. two. We could have had her shoot lightning and potentially do something harmful then. And then by three, we're like, oh, God, is she going to be good or bad? Right. As opposed to just giving us all that in yeah. like a 25-minute segment, it didn't seem meaningful enough for me. I do legitimately um, think that's like a criticism that works for any question you have about this movie, exactly. which is just like, this is two sequels in one movie. Right. And that's a lot of why it doesn't work. The overwriting yeah. of things that they didn't particularly like in two that they yeah. tried to Thick, quote unquote, y- yes. fix in three and yeah. vice versa, that it has that yeah. like mishmashy feel. But and I could even see Palpatine being interesting if they were if they were more direct about trying to connect what's happening with him and this whole arc with what right. with that story he right. tells in episode three about Plagueis and raising people from the dead and mm. and the idea of being able to live infinitely through the dark like path. a nugget there's like it's like there's like none of that in yeah. this movie and it just feels like I don't know if you're going to do this then do it like shoehorn like, really yeah like or if that felt like an overarching theme even right. like yep. kind of like a you know dinosaurs must die like eat yeah. the rich like you know like all <laughs> yeah. that shit right. just like yeah. kill the old stuff yeah. like but that it, it let just, the past die, Tori. Yeah, let the past die. I guess, uh, but like you know, if that's if that's what you wanted to do and go with it, then like I wish that felt connected. Because like even if they're like, oh well, they went from like they wanted to skip over to because they didn't like you know Last Jedi, yeah. which is wrong. Last Jedi is great, <laughs> um, but like even if that was a thing, but like the first one doesn't even feel like it's setting up for the stuff in the third movie. So I don't. No, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. the no, first the, one is like standalone. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, by the way, we, uh, I don't know if we told you guys, but this is going to be a trilogy. I don't know if you yeah. allowed that to happen or not. But This uh, is such <laughs> a weird trilogy to think about. Mm-hmm. And I feel like some of the problems with The Rise of Skywalker are, are just kind of like folded over from the past two movies. Um, as unsatisfying as it would have been to end The Force Awakens with Rey and Chewie zooming off in the Millennium Falcon, not seeing Luke, not finding him at all unsatisfying probably in the moment, but later on being like, oh, it was a three-year jump to find him or a two-year jump instead of ending it on that cliffhanger. It's like now basically the first two movies have to be tied together in a matter of days, mm. which is just like a weird, not very Star Wars-y trilogy setup. This whole trilogy's relationship with time is fucking bananas. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> time has never made sense in Star Wars, mm. but it expressly makes... They the problem is the these movies address time a lot, as you were talking about. Like the the way episode seven ends forces episode eight to be like directly connected to seven in like a span of time, right? 
And then like this movie, that this annoys me more than anything else. I just want to get this out of the way right now. <laughs> the thing that I find the most frustrating in episode nine is that the the in the beginning they get the information from the dude, right? And the information is that like, oh, they're actually raising an army on this other planet, and like you gotta fucking like move to stop that from happening. That's right. And so they and Exegol. but what they say is, yeah, Exegol. Exegol. But what they say, they get very specific. They say, you have sixteen hours before oh, God. I right? forgot about they that. They reveal that it's but here's when they reveal I think this information. I blocked that. Here's what happens. <laughs> they get this they get this information from a spy. They do the the fucking the the force the, skip. Yeah, yeah, no the Leap. what the oh, hyper, no, hyper, hyper hyper skipping hyper yeah. skipping right. Yeah. They do that. They get back and then Ray and uh, Oscar Isaac have this like back and forth. Poe have this like witty like bah, 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 back and forth, and it's all cute and fun that our heroes have this like sort of like you know patter with each other for the first and, time, and then immediately. So, yeah. They're giving a speech where they're like, okay, we've got 16 hours before they launch a full assault on the rest of the galaxy. And it's like, 16 hours? What are you doing fucking around talking about whose ship's on fire and who kicked who's yeah. droid? Well, Why are you wasting time? And his, and the news is like, because what's he say? He just goes, Palpatine's back. Yeah, like, oh, it's says, horrible. It's the worst it's, line but ever. But that's also how the fucking scroll of letters starts too. I so, have it if we want to read it. No, hold, hold on, hold on. Before, <laughs> before we get into that, the, to go back to the whole time issue and the fact it's, that they so closely linked those two movies. And then they never bring it up again, by the way. They right. put a 16 hour time limit on it and then never talk about it again. Well, because we are down to 30 minutes. The <laughs> yeah. skipping was 15 and a half <laughs> hours. Yeah. Like that is it. And now yeah. we're there. But we set this up for the old movies like, the opening role tells us everything yes. we need to know about, yeah. like what happened in the middle. Yeah. It's not usually a lot, right? Like, but it's always they're, vague. In a, they're in a different spot. Yeah. Something has occurred. Things have changed. Yeah. It's never, oh, we stopped the mid conversation uh-huh. and we're coming back next time. Also, if you're not paying attention, this has actually been three real years between fucking movies. <laughs> um, I think that's the most jarring thing is yeah. we've been set up all this time. Like, even with the newer ones, there was years in between. Anakin got older, like yeah. all that stuff. And mm-hmm. now it's like, oh, they need to be rapid. Like everything needs to happen right on fucking top of each other. Yeah. And I think it's, it's broke. I think it's broken. I yeah. agree that you're setting yourself up for not allowing like small nuances to occur and like changes and well, yeah. you yeah because then like the movie starts and it just says like Palpatine has risen what is it what's the <laughs> yeah, first I think the dead thing? speak the, the dead, dead speak. speak the okay. galaxy has heard a mysterious broadcast a threat of revenge in the sinister voice of the late Emperor Palpatine is it revenge in all caps too because oh, yeah. the galaxy yeah, has you. been yeah. playing oh, Fortnite damn it. the galaxy's uh, been playing Fortnite and they've heard this uh, <laughs> they've heard this broadcast I mean if we like the idea that it was written by fanboys, then yes, it was indeed written by Fortnite. <laughs> um, this opening crawl has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven words that are all bolded. in all caps. Yeah, uh, the most I think episode six has three. Two? I'm really glad you it's looked this two up. two or less in, in terms of all caps. Episode five, I don't think has any that are in all caps. Really? Maybe just Galactic Empire. Crazy. Um, so in the next paragraph, or next you know, sentence or two, General Leia Organa, all caps, dispatches secret agents to gather intelligence. Didn't she do that at the end of The Last Jedi? Our friends from out elsewhere? Yeah. Right? I, I, no, yeah. but didn't Last Jedi end with like, oh no, nobody came to our call. But didn't she I, say they sent Snap Wexley out and sent people out? I don't know. I don't know, I don't know man. Yeah. Um, 
to gather intelligence while Rey, all caps, the last hope of the Jedi, trains for battle against the diabolical First Order. Meanwhile, Supreme Leader Kylo Ren, all caps, rages in search of the Phantom Emperor, determined to destroy any threat to his power. I feel like this was written on Twitter and then they just copied yeah. it and put it in It's a text. Fucking, yeah, it's like a goddamn text. Oh. And well, my whole thing is too, like, so when we first sat down for like the preview screening of this... And it was like, you know, the dead speak and Palpatine is risen. And you're just like, I was like, oh, I thought that's what this movie was going to be. But I guess not. We're that's we know this now. I just I thought we were all going to learn this <laughs> together. And so then I was like, that's interesting. I was like, OK, cool. Like, that's like one thing I didn't expect. If like anything that happened after felt like it was doing something really different or interesting, it, well, and, and it, it did it. I was going to say, and then think about our t- what we just said about time. And the yeah. first two were so close, closely linked, and then it goes from two to three. You're like, hold, hold the fuck on! Yeah. Like w- all this occurred. Everyone knows it. Everyone yeah. is prepared, also, and we're already doing a thing. I think that could be a really strong choice. Like I had the same experience Tori did with it, where when that was the first thing that came on screen, like, hey, Palpatine's back. Everybody knows Palpatine's back. We're fighting Palpatine. I was like, whoa, I expected the movie to be about the discovery of this information. Yeah. So the fact that we're starting from this point of all that knowledge is kind of interesting. I was like, that could be very exciting. If you get except, like, the, all that exposition, like, okay, right. now we're in the meat of it. Yeah. But, but except it, that then the movie is the fuck, <laughs> is then the series of fetch quests to get us no. back to the Palpatine. then the fuck. Get us to Palpatine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I hate yeah. the dagger yeah. so much. Yeah. The dagger is unbelievably stupid. Yeah, It's completely unnecessary. It just feels like the wrong, they really, that is a great setup to go like, Actually, the the that discovery process you thought the movie would be about not about that. That's all happened. We're moving forward with the knowledge that Palpatine is back. We have something better in store, right? Exactly. <laughs> that feels like a very strong choice, yeah. but it it ends up just like not really. It doesn't matter that everybody knows Palpatine is back. Do you know no. what I mean? That that ultimately doesn't matter. No, to it the story. doesn't. And this is just not the choice that I thought they would make at all. Yeah. Because in the comics, and I don't know why Disney made the decision to have every video game, comic, TV show, movie. All's in the same universe. Mm. It's not like Marvel where it's only what's on screen counts. Like everything is Star Wars canon. So for the past couple of years, there have been several Sith who have attached themselves to objects. And so that's been Sith living on because they can't be Force ghosts. Instead, they have to, it's like possessing an object and that's their only way of survival. Like a Horcrux? Like a Horcrux. (laughs) Uh, And so they have this team of storytellers. I think they're led by Pablo Hidalgo who like connect all the novels and the comics. Lucasfilm Story Group, I think it's called. Story Group. And so I was like, oh, maybe the opening scene, just watching the trailer, oh, maybe the opening scene, they find the second Death Star to find some technology or some message. And then Ray discovers Palpatine. Maybe he possesses or just some with like he's in the movie for just a little bit nope he's the bad guy kylo ren screw him he's not the bad guy it's i have been made to understand that in in the absence of a creative team at the point that they were when they hired jj abrams for this they essentially had to make a deal of like look you can do whatever you want like if you'll come back and do it we'll let you write the script from scratch like you do what you want and that left Lucas from Story Group to then just sort of pick up those pieces and figure out how to morph this movie's singular story into the mm. larger fabric that they had spent so much time carefully kind of weaving up until that, that makes point. makes total yeah. sense. 
Um, I, I don't know that like officially or anything, but that's what I've been made to understand uh, mm. through various channels. I that's mean, yeah, kind they of... fired Colin Trevorrow, who directed yeah. Jurassic World, and then yeah. brought Abrams in yeah. pretty close before production started. Yeah, mm. yeah, it was a very, very, it was very late. It was a crazy tight schedule. Yeah, um, and, and like Chris Terrio, to his credit, is like. I'm not a huge fan of the movies he's written. I thought Argo was pretty good. Like he, he's not like a, a terrible screenwriter or anything. Um, but what he is one of those guys that's like very good at like working within the Hollywood system and turning out a Hollywood script. But that's like the problem is like that's what this Star Wars feels most like to me is like this is the most just a Disney product of any mm. Star. You know what I mean? Like this feels the most just like you could pull out the Star Wars names and just apply like literal like Disney character names and it would be like, yeah, that's a that's a Disney movie. That's what that yeah. is. It's like they took a pretty basic formula, I feel like, that that Disney movies tend to follow and sort of just crafted a, a Star Wars movie around it. I'd be so curious to see what The Rise of Skywalker looks like if um, Last Jedi was like universally praised by everybody. There is like a, there's a script floating around that is supposedly attributed to Javaro. I don't put a lot of credence in this kind of stuff. This tends to all be bullshit. Supposedly, there's a lot of reason to believe that this really is Trevorrow's script. It was called Duel of the Fates, and apparently it is a much more like direct sequel to Last mm. Jedi and has its own problems, but is maybe a little more in line with what people who liked The Last Jedi would have wanted out of a, a, a sequel to that it movie. It sounds too cool to be real. I know. It's like the, the story elements just sound too interesting, like too fanboy to Well, like. they sound like exactly what you would want after you saw Rise of Skywalker and realized what it wasn't. You know what I mean? That's like... It feels like the script. Like a response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To... The script yeah. feels. So Reddit comments. It's, oh, that, it, it, this all comes from Reddit. And so, <laughs> okay. and I never give that any credence. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, you know, deep into film Twitter and stuff. And there, this is one of the only ones I've ever seen where there's like some reason to believe it might actually be a real script. Hmm. But I, I don't know. I just never lend that stuff. We just don't want to believe there was something yeah. better out there that was possible. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully. I think what fresh, one of the, biggest things that frustrated this movie was how it sort of dealt with Kylo Ren. Cause I, I feel like th- I the last Jedi I is agree. not my, like for me, it's not a top tier star Wars movie. It has some of my favorite star Wars stuff ever. Um, like everything with Ray, Kylo and Luke. Like mm-hmm. I think those three are the core of that movie. Maybe we'll talk about Canto bite in this episode or some of the other stuff, but the idea of like that final interaction between Ray and Kylo breaking Luke's lightsaber saying, join me, let the past die. Uh, then his confrontation with Luke at the end when he was projecting, like I thought, oh, that was so wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's like great. Now, like Ben Solo, gone. Yeah. Like maybe in his final moments, he'll have a Vader esque sort of moment. But like I was really excited to see what they were going to do with him, uh, and I just really sort of felt like he got the plot hammer. And I felt like I kept seeing these articles before we went and saw it that were like, don't expect like Vader's story arc like for Kylo. It's going to be different. And it was like. But, like, is it that different? <laughs> like, it doesn't no. feel that different. No. Yeah. I, to me, yeah. Kylo is, like, a very interesting opportunity for this series to have a villain that we actually <clears throat> spent time with in his more transitional period, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where the first trilogy was about a villain that was already a villain and a hero rising to stop him, right? The the prequel trilogy was about, well, how did that villain become that villain? This was the only one where it was like, you could have a finale where the ultimate villain is someone we've been spending time with that we did not necessarily realize was the big bad or we were not sure would become the big bad. And in seeing him evolve into the big bad, you could have something very interesting, especially when... 
It's also unclear if who we've been watching rise to be the hero that fights against him is actually a hero or could fight against, you know what I mean? Like their roles seem equally able to be reversed. Mm. Like it could, they could stand against each other from either side of that dichotomy. And that felt very interesting. And this movie like almost doesn't deal with that idea at all. I think that's the most interesting thing out of all of it. That (laughs) concept, right? Uh, Uh, my wife and I, as we left, both said to each other that it would have been a better movie had Ray just died. Ray died, yeah, yeah. and Kylo is the actual rise, like full actual story arc. What we talk about, you and I—he's left Tori with the aftermath and, and consequences in, in Clone Wars. Yeah. There's actual story arcs. People are bad and then become good. That are good and become bad. It's something that or really don't know what doesn't... Becoming. Right, or you like, don't know. Like yeah. It doesn't happen really in most most Star Wars movies. We yeah. don't get that. And having all that time in the early episodes with, or the early movie with Kylo being bad. He's bad, he's bad. Oh, wait, maybe maybe we're not. And right. then we get a little bit of Rey maybe not being... Which also is like so smushed in there, yeah. we don't get the full of it. I know. But for him to be the good guy at the end is something that they've never done before. Would have been shocking, but it's a way better movie, a uh, way yeah. better concept. And like, what if he finds out he is the good, right? What if he finds out that is his path? Where it's like, right. he's not even trying to walk that path, but he finds out that is his path to mm-hmm. be like the, to be on the light side, to be good. But Ray is dead at the end of that path, right? Exactly. And he has to deal with the aftermath and consequences of not just her death, but like, I mean, there's obviously a lot. He would have to answer for like the genocide of, what is it, five systems that he blows oh, up yeah, at the end of sure. Seven, right? Like, there would be a lot of consequences to deal with. But the idea that like he discovers in himself that that goodness and realizes it's it's worth it, even though he is then going to have to pay yeah. the price right. of all that he did mm-hmm. prior to discovering that that was his path. That's very yeah. interesting, and that's like I don't know. It just feels like they went with like the least complex route with with the, I agree. where these characters. Well, that go. was a hard thing to grapple with because like when when I saw Rise of the Skywalker the first time, I cried like a lot, like so much when I saw that movie. And I like felt like I really liked it, but then like the rest of the day, I was like kind of comatose and like weirdly dead after we saw that movie. And I didn't really know like just how to be a person. And I think it was like, I was more sad about just like this whole thing ending and had like a lot of emotions tied to that as opposed to like the movie I actually saw in front of me. And I had a really hard time grappling with the fact that I didn't like Kylo dying because I didn't want to be like someone that's just like, oh man, I don't like that the main character died. Cause like, I always think like, that's like, you know, me when I was a kid, like, no, I don't want to see anyone die. Like I want everyone to be happy and sparkly and glittery and happy endings and all that stuff. But like for this one specifically, like there have been so many like podcasts and stuff we've listened to where they've like been talking about even just like, you know, someone who is bad in like literature having to just grapple with all of this stuff that they've dealt with. Like that's restorative justice. Those are like interesting, like 21st century ideas that like we're dealing with a lot now. And those things are like much more interesting to deal with than just like killing that person off. And like, you know, yeah, like of course, like you kill the bad person, you don't have to deal with anything, but like watching someone have to grow from that, it's hard, but it's fucking worth it. If you do it the right way, it felt cheap to redeem him and then kill him. Yeah. Right. It's like, 
If and it, I liked Ben. Yeah, me too. I yeah. wanted to get to know Ben because the fucking 10 or 15 minutes of the movie where Adam Driver is acting as Ben Solo are amazing. Super like, fun. He's very like charismatic yeah. and fun. And we even talked about like he kind of runs like Harrison Ford. Yeah. We get a goddamn Han Solo shrug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's, <laughs> Give it to me. It's so good. He's working so hard to do that shit. And we only get it for 10 minutes. Yeah. And he's fucking dead. And I think what... Because Ray is now the only one that has like a connection to him, knows him. Yep. Han's dead. Luke's dead. Leia's dead. Mm-hmm. What would that look like with Ray bringing Kylo back if they both survived that encounter with Palpatine at the base? What would that? I, I don't know. That mm-hmm. sounds super, as we were saying, yeah. super compelling to see. And and something uh, we had discussed briefly before the podcast is this whole idea that they've never dealt with any of the movies. It's from a ways back. Is Gray Jedi? Like yeah. that chaotic neutral yeah. down the middle, yeah. like the last Jedi, because there are no fucking Jedi. Like we're just in the middle. Like there's no good or bad, no more binary. Like everything is gray because that's how this fucking world exists <laughs> and how it should exist. And they're the two that do it. They're like, yeah, what, whatever is right in the moment is what we're doing. Like there's yeah. no more Sith. There's no more Jedi. We are down the middle. Because with all um, this, all the talk that they have about finding balance. They never actually find balance. There's never fucking balance. Never balance (laughs) once. And it like did feel like there were moments where this movie was like about to get us there and about to bring those ideas in and then just did it. And it's like such a missed opportunity because you are creating something really interesting that hasn't been done in the movies before. I also think like Star Wars has now this great tradition of you know, you start with four, five, and six and go like, here's a story of a hero rising against this fascist power, right? And then with one, two, and three, you go, actually, that fascist power kind of came from a rebellion against this other fascist power. Mm. Uh, and like, and so it's like, it has this kind of tradition of like power changing hands over time. Yeah. And no matter who, there will always be sort of an underdog that is underserved by the current power structure that needs to overtake that power structure that will eventually then become the power structure right. that needs to be overtaken, mm-hmm. right? And it feels like there could have been an interesting end here where maybe Ray and Kylo do unite in both love but also this gray area of like not quite good, not quite bad, the unification of her light and his dark in one sort of symbiotic like relationship together where they preside over the new order (laughs) as king and queen. And it's, and it feels like a happy ending, a restorative balance to the force, but is actually perhaps the beginning of another trilogy where 30 years on, they are the rulers of a new sort of like fascist like government and so to be overthrown themselves. Right? Like, and then that, the emergence yeah, and, of bad and good again. Yes, like, exactly. Yes. Those yeah. two structures yes. arise from that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That feels very, what now feels like Star Wars, which is this kind of uh, uh, unfortunate, like to me, Star Wars has become very bleak in a lot of ways because I'm like, oh, it's just a reflection of what actually fucking happens in the world <laughs> <laughs> as governments topple one another for, you know, mm-hmm. and, and and underserved people finally yeah. gain power through Trade rebellion. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it, I don't know, it just, it feels like they had an opportunity here to sort of they had build so many the next generation of that. They even, had so you know? many yeah, opportunities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really don't know what they're going to do next with 
the movies in terms of like chronology, like canon chronology. Because I assume the next probably 10 years of movies are going to be either thousands of years in the past or hundreds of years in the past. Um, and I really felt like they did not leave themselves a good leg to stand on in terms of what's coming next. Yeah. I hate the ending of this movie so much. <laughs> no, yeah. I think that's like, why they're going back. Yeah. Because they don't think they can safely play in this space anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. I think they've, they've fucking pissed in the pool and <laughs> they know that there's there's no real avenue that will connect all of these things, satisfy fans, and, and allow... Uh, something like a good story within that and mm-hmm. and allow everything to be canon there's yeah. too many conflicting shit everything is conflicting at this point in the past trilogy yeah and just like even holding on to these like legacy characters is just like no go zone anymore right and if we go 150 well, 150,000 years or whatever it is to go back to old republic it's fine like that is is only going to affect new things in the the smallest amount and we can just basically write it off as a as an individual story um sadly i think well i guess it's it's not particularly sad the the strongest things disney's disney has done are the are like the one-offs mm-hmm. things like mandalorian mm-hmm. um just give me i i might be in bad company for this but the fucking solo movie Oh, it's, I like the solo. Oh, movie. I like the solo. Okay, movie perfect. Too. Okay, I didn't know where. Yeah, go away, Connor. Uh, <laughs> I think giving us something that is Disney's doing this weird thing. Like we have to make a Star Wars movie that's good, as opposed to Solo, where I think they have a solid story that just happens to incorporate Star Wars, and I and I like it more that way. I always have fun when I watch it. I it. It was just great. It was great, and it gave me Star Wars backstory. It gave me little Star Wars things. I don't think he was over the top. He wasn't trying to be fucking Harrison Ford, but he was a good young Han Solo. There was things like that that were like, this is a one-off. Just let it alone. Tell this one story. Be really pinpoint accurate, and maybe it connects. Like If you really look into it, there's things that you can pull from other sections, other stories, and it's awesome, and you like it. And then we go away. Stop making fucking trilogies and mm-hmm. getting this weird, convoluted bullshit. Can I say one thing about Solo? You can. Yeah. I really liked Alden Ehrenreich as Han Solo. Uh, I really liked him. I thought he was great. So that's not my. Yeah. That's that's the that's your one coming. I everything love, else. I saw him. Not everything else. We just talked about this movie the other day. I saw him in. Uh, Hail Caesar. Hail Caesar. He was really good in Hail Twit Caesar. Oh. Twit so simple. Yeah, Twit and, I, and so I thought he was good in Hail Caesar, <laughs> and that, like, convinced me, like, yeah, I could see him as Han Solo. Like, he was good in that. Yeah. So, like, yeah. But, like, for me, too, like, as I'm thinking about this, I'm like, what's going to be, like, you know, as we've been watching Clone Wars, it's endeared me more to the prequels yes. in a way I didn't expect, where I'm like, oh, like, now, you know, you know, even though they're not great and shit upon very frequently i'm like no but like i'm finding stuff to love about that because i'm like now starting to love those characters mm-hmm. because of the show like what's gonna be that version of this trilogy for me and i don't really know what that's gonna be which is you know unfortunate because like i think the first one's fine i really love the last Jedi, and then i think this one is meh yeah, but like I don't, I don't see the future for like what what that's gonna be. And there's not much room to play in this trilogy. Yeah, because we talked about the timeline of the first two. It's like you can't, and nothing in between. Mm-hmm. Only one year passes between um, eight and nine. Yeah, uh, and I just think anything 
I think, thankfully, the thing you could probably play the most with is Kylo, because there is an implication of him having this whole backstory with Luke and his time training with him and that kind of stuff. And Kylo ends up being, to me, like one of the most interesting characters in that trilogy. So, like, I think there's room to play there, but there's not. The only way you can play is the way they've been able to play through Clone Wars, like, is is exactly. animated series of some kind. You know, and they really you wouldn't be able to do it with that actor, which is very unfortunate because that actor is ninety nine percent of why Kylo Ren is so interesting. You know, I know. What I mean? uh, on the page, that character is not nearly as interesting as I think. Um, Adam Driver is able to sort of uh, Driver's uh, fucking pull, great. pull from it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. all the the Knights of Ren stuff, which still doesn't particularly uh, come through. Like again, you could do it. They ton. just showed up and did a heavy metal cover. A exactly. Couple times yeah. and left. Like, exactly. That's that JJ set up. Yeah, no, I know. It, it's so stupid. Like, I mean, that's not JJ's fault that Ryan Johnson did nothing right with them. But I also feel like they. But then he did nothing with them too. Right, so exactly. you know, it's like uh, yeah. the um, God damn it, I can't remember what they're called. The uh, in in rebels, uh, the not persecutors. We haven't watched inquisitors. Uh, inquisitors. Oh. It's basically like Knights of Ren are kind of the inquisitors, the movie version of the inquisitors, a much a, a far uncool version of the inquisitors. Mm-hmm. That's like even really in rebels is not totally flushed out. Yeah. Um, but, but again, that's the only way that you could dive into this story they would be good fodder like for like thing, an animated right? series yeah. of some kind. Yeah. yeah. I think they, that to me is like maybe the one way you could expand on this trilogy is through totally Ren and the Knights of Ren, you know? Also, by the way, big, big disappointment about Rise of Skywalker is that my, my, one of my main boys is uh, just totally sidelined in this movie. I love Hux. I think Hux is one of the best characters in the trilogy. <laughs> Did not think fucking you were going to say the last movie. Dude, a he's joke. a joke in the last movie. He also the the last Jedi ends in such a great place with him and Ren where it's like these two dudes are now going to have to vie for like who's actually in charge of this like enormous organization yeah. that they they sort of have like by sheer force kind of like taken over. And I kind of thought this movie was going to be again like a little more about like their sort of you like could have had so much back and their forth relationship dynamic could have been so yeah. interesting in there this movie. There was one moment when they're in like the conference yeah. room and he's like, Do you have a problem with my mask? He's like, No, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Like, big fan or something. Yeah. Right. And I'm just like, Hell yeah, this is amazing. Like, that I wanted that. It's right. Yeah. It's totally funny, but they just make him a punchline until yeah. he's gone. Yeah. It seems like it could have been like an in the loop, but for Star Wars kind of deal, like where it's just like weird, like political, like sarcasm and drama. So what I'm saying is give me the animated series that's about the two of them when they're younger and how they actually have known each other a long time and have been (laughs) on these like kind of competing paths, like through this organization. And Hux was the bully growing up. Yeah, right. Yes. Yeah. Oh, nice. Give me that. Well, there's... uh, Another thing I want to bring up, too, which um, I know Sam has brought this up in one of her many points, which, um, Sam, uh, I just want to let you know that you numbered your points, but they're all with the number one. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I'm assuming you meant one through five. So so start at the bottom. Yeah. Um, But one of Sam's points, which is really great, um, she brought up, um, I don't know if you want to read it. um, I think it's like maybe the third point about like... The third number one? Homophobia. Yeah. which I think oh. is like pretty important to bring up with yeah. this movie. Yeah, I can read it if you want. Yeah, sure. Uh, number one, <laughs> racism and homophobia. Reducing Rose to a five to around five minutes of screen time and blame it on Carrie Fisher's death? No, 
Doesn't work. Why the fuck did Mary the Hobbit get more screen time? As for homophobia, listen. The fans wanted Poe slash Finn. Oscar Isaac and John Boyega wanted Poe slash Finn. If that's not what the writers or directors wanted, fine. But don't no homo us in the last movie with Poe's dicey past with Carrie Russell's character. Um, Illy through Carrie. Mainly through Carrie, yeah. Uh, and Finn with the other rogue stormtroopers who is so forgettable, I'm not even going to bother looking up her name. Psy and I roll. Yeah. Um, representation is more than just having people of color and LGBT plus on screen. Um, I'm also very salty that there are suddenly more rogue stormtroopers uh, and we weren't able to explore that. I am 200% behind that. Yes. Uh, the, I, I've been doing this thing, especially with Star Wars stuff, Um trailers and articles i used to just go bananas and read everything up to the point of like ruining it for myself mm-hmm. like i just ride that fucking line yeah. and i don't do it like i've just stopped wa- i'll watch one trailer and then i'm i it's want pretty much i want the unadulterated version of whatever yeah. i get um before this the uh, uh the article in i don't even remember where it was uh theaters like not showing it because of a of a queer kiss oh yes Um, it's like however many seconds long and they do it just so they can say that they did it but then cut it out it was in certain countries right and i remember seeing that article Mm -hmm. and aside from just being really angry um then when i watched it and seeing uh seeing poe play like the way the two of them played against each other is like oh my god this is gonna be amazing like they're gonna get together Mm -hmm. like i'm super excited about this like please do something different and as it went on i was like oh wait um yep i I actually know i'm not sure now like Mm -hmm. I, i think like now we've read this like riding this line for so long it's not going to happen and then it was a a random kiss in the background of like everyone being victorious I like want to just get it. Obviously there's only like 45 seconds left in the movie. Yeah. It was like, I need to leave now. I'm so upset. I don't even, this was the bullshit that was, I know. I don't even necessarily have a problem with them. Not directly going like Poe and Finn fuck in tie fighters. Yeah. Every I mean, Saturday night. That's fine. But like, I want to see that. Right. Yes. But <laughs> like, I'm fine with them not like being expressed about it, but I do think it's ridiculous that they the writing went was out. So well, no, they went, they went there. out of their way to be like, actually, they're both expressly straight. They fucking love pussy, dude. Like, yeah. They go out of well, their way. There are so many like, love interests. It's uh. such a disservice when from like the first 10 minutes of the first movie when they're together, they have so much fucking chemistry. Yeah. They are yeah. amazing on screen together. They're wonderful. Yeah. Like I've seen the articles where Oscar Isaac's like, yes, this totally should have been a thing. Cause like, yeah, we're fucking great together. Yeah. And then it's like, it's one of those things where it's like it's just such a disservice like you have something there that like you were handed because these two people are just fucking great together together. just do it and it'll be amazing because it feels right to everyone but but then it's also complicated by the fact that you wrote rose out for no reason whatsoever he's still obsessed with ray for no fucking reason like that should have never been in there yeah Uh, it, it, it it it's it feels so like a convoluted. disservice to them to 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 be so expressly. They yeah. really make both of them expressly straight, and I don't care that they didn't make them expressly gay. 
But I think they absolutely could have like left that on the table for right. fans. You but know you're what right. I mean? There's like something that. about that third movie that's like, yeah, they're fucking they're straight. They're both really straight, <laughs> and and we need you to know how straight they are. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. Did Poe really need a, like the love interest in Kara Russell? Like, I love Kara Russell. She's a great actress. She rocks. She's great in the, she's the role. In this movie. Yep. Yeah. She role, hands off another costume. MacGuffin, another yep. whatever plot device. Here's the magic coin that can get you into the lair. Of the yeah. yeah. Like but the they could have just played it like... No, no interest whatsoever. You yeah. owed me a debt of like whatever. I saved your life. You fucked me over, and I was going to turn you in. But yeah, you, exactly. Like, per, like whatever it was, it didn't have to be sexual. Mm-hmm. It didn't have to be. There's even stuff in like the Last Jedi with him and Laura Dern, where early on it feels like he's like flirting a little bit to get what he wants because he knows this has worked for him with women right. in the past but not necessarily because he's like into her or anything exactly. it's just because like right. he knows like he's it's very charismatic yeah. and yeah. handsome and can get away with stuff like this and she doesn't let him but that stuff's amazing in it too but yeah she's this Laura one, Dern dude she's fucking Laura Dern space so governess amazing. she's amazing <laughs> that gorgeous purple hair like ooh yeah um, but it's yeah all of it's a disservice I just think, I wish we had, and this is not JJ's fault. I mean, so I guess sort of as he directed the first movie, but the main folks aren't together. Ray, Finn, Poe, BB, R2, C3PO. Like, this is our crew, and they only share, what, 30 seconds of screen time together at the end of The Last Jedi? And then in this movie, we're like, chum old pal, old buddy, we're going on adventures, finding spies. It feels it's like, weird. It just feels forced. Yeah. And it's like, wow, they have great chemistry. We've talked about Oscar Isaac and Danny Boyega, mm-hmm. but it's like, where was this for a whole movie? Yeah. Because like, even like at the end of The Last Jedi, you're like, oh, cool. These two characters have finally met because I've spent so much time like really being mm-hmm. engaged and liking both of them. And then, yeah, at the end, it's just like, oh, we've rushed everything else. So like, why not rush this too? It just like doesn't feel right. And I'm glad Sam brought up that point about the rogue stormtroopers uh, storm because that's something that Star Wars has never really covered. Like what happens when folks defect from the Empire yes. or the First Order? Um, and we're introduced to this band of people. I think Janna is the name of Janna, yeah. Um, Finn's uh, Finn's now love interest mm-hmm. for some reason. Who's yeah. maybe Lando's daughter, right? Um, or like you know Lando's next conquest, depending <laughs> yeah. on how you want to yeah. read that. Oh moment. no, that's like a whole. <laughs> Listen, in the last thirty seconds, let's just drop this in. You can't too. fault Billy D. Williams for being the most charismatic, charming <laughs> man on the planet. It just sounds That's like he's fair. flirting when he talks, you know? <laughs> and I'm glad they brought him back because it's like, yeah. well, you know, unfortunately, Carrie Fisher passed away. Um, I know there's a moment where, like, like a moment I do love is when he just says her name. He just says, like, Leia. And yeah. there's, like, the music comes in and it's such a warm, like, way he says it where it just feels really good. I know. Even if he was yeah. saying to John, like, I have absolutely no interest in you whatsoever, you would... It, Read it exactly. He'd be like, I have absolutely no interest in you whatsoever. You'd be like, oh, you're attracted to her then? Not at all. Not even. Back half the cast is taking their pants off. Like, no, 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 no. No, I'm saying. That's not what I mean. That's not what I mean. Please don't do this. Yeah. I wish they gave him more to do too, but this yeah. is just like, let's just throw in this legacy character because we got no other choice of what it to do. It basically probably should have started with her funeral. Well, so when I watched The Last yeah. Jedi, because that was. just. Let's rip the band-aid off. Sorry, I interrupted. No, no. Yeah, a, a 100%, you know, it should have said, instead of the dead speak, it says, General Organa is dead. Yeah. like That That would have been like, great, here we are. That's a great way to start the movie. Because everybody fucking knows. Yeah. Right? Like, we um, all know. Yeah, you're not fooling anyone. No. And then, I, you know, they did the best they could, 
But I know. I don't know, for me, it was kind of distracting. And it also felt like manipulative because, like, every time she, every time she came on screen, I cried again. Mm-hmm. But it was because, like, I miss her and I love yeah. her as that character, not because what they were doing was great with her, but it was, but it was like just that manipulative tactic that you always say like Pixar does with like kids, <laughs> where it's just like you know, like I'm like, oh, you're doing this just to make me fucking so, cry. So why not give us all? The day, the time of mourning. Right? Yeah, you start. Yeah, yeah. Everyone mourns, and then we move on. Yeah, as we do in every fucking day when we lose someone, we all mourn and we try to move on. Which so, could like, have added start- an interesting uh, point to Kylo's arc in that movie. Right. Yeah, like we start with the mourning because everybody's already doing it, and like you said, every time we see her, we go, "Fuck, that did happen." Like yeah. that's actually like she's not here anymore. Yeah. So let's start with it. Start with a powerful emotion yeah. and then move from there. Like, forget about it. Yeah. And like, maybe as we're at the funeral, we discover all the shit with Palpatine. Like, whatever that is, like, mm-hmm. start with the strongest emotion we can give everybody, which is just her. Yeah. And yeah. then with Leia being gone, now Palpatine suddenly appears. Exactly. And everyone feels lost and doesn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it'd yeah. be great. It aids the confusion. It Gives everybody complex emotions right at the start, and then we rock it off from there. Yeah. It'd be an interesting uh, complex place to put Kylo in as well, especially yeah. because yeah. of the way we see him reacting to his mother in The Last Jedi to find out that she's dead uh, and it had nothing to do with him, right? Like he was going to actively right. kill her, and mm-hmm. then he decided not to, and then she just died. Um, and now Palpatine is also back simultaneous and trying to maybe do some of the things he says in this movie, which is like, I've been manipulating you all along. I've been behind some of this. Like, imagine the place that puts Kylo in to have his mother taken from him and this guy come and tell him, like, I've been manipulating you for like years. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like that would yeah. be an interesting complex place. And to then put maybe Kylo use in. instead of having Han come back in two kind of weird places. Leia comes back as a Listen, Leia com- Leia Listen comes kid, back I have to expressly like, make sure you and the audience understands <laughs> that I am not a force ghost. <laughs> I, love I don't know what a force ghost is, but I'm not. I'll blue, never be so able to explain it. What the it's fuck not is me. a force ghost? Yeah. yeah, I didn't really like that scene where they're on the um, and I thought that fight on the second Star Destroyer was cool. I like um, that too. Just I thought the, fight the visuals was great. of it. Yeah, the fight was great. The waves crashing over the, the yeah. visuals Amazing. of like how exhausted they are by that fight is really good for me. That whole area more. Yeah, more of the whole wreckage. Mm-hmm. Definitely. In the trailer, that part like was very like a, like a standout moment for me when like you just see like the rain and fog, and then you see his lightsaber. It like gives me chills every time. I yeah. also really love the um, just not standing there. <laughs> He's just chill. I mean, it's a uh, memory. Oh, hey, bud. Hey, hey, kid, I'm your dad. I, I don't know if you remember. You're either dreaming or this is a memory because I can't possibly be a force ghost. <laughs> I have no way to explain that because I don't know what it is. But I'm definitely not that. The audience needs to be aware. Uh, I did like how JJ continued the um, what Ryan Johnson set up of the force bond between Ray and Kylo. Like, yeah. I thought that led to some really cool visual moments. I feel like he that was is, beautiful. I feel like beautiful. he doesn't know how to visualize that though. There's something about the way that stuff is visualized in the Last Jedi that I really like, where it like, like the connection with him and Ray. Yeah, it yeah. has this look and feel to it where like. It's very unclear who is seeing who from which perspective. And this movie is much more direct about like, he sees this this way and Mm -hmm. she's able to see this. And like, I feel like there's something very mystical about the way um, Johnson depicts those things. And there's something very 
science fiction about the way J.J. Abrams depicts it. I do like I'm the fight, but yeah. I agree. There's yeah, no water on the hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was in The Last Jedi. Yeah. yeah. It's there, and and I, j- I didn't like it as much in this movie. I appreciated that he carried that over because he carried so few things over. I appreciated that that was something he latched onto, but I... I feel like he didn't even understand what actually that is. You know what I mean? How about that moment where Ray throws away her lightsaber, Luke catches it and throws it back to her instead of just throwing it behind his shoulder. Don't like disrespect your lightsaber. Yeah, that's no way to treat a lightsaber. I saw what you said on the internet. (laughs) I feel like that's the that moment is the biggest f you. Yeah, back in the house. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. That's Luke is an entirely different character in this movie than he is in The Last Jedi, and that's very frustrating to me. Mm. Oh, they shouldn't even have a minute. Like, why does she even need to go to Octo? I need to exile myself because of this moment. That just felt so forced. I know. Well, because I mean, the actual answer is because they really, I do think, were actively trying to course correct a handful of things from the last yeah. movie, yeah. right? They, they were actively trying to respond to certain criticisms, and so they had to go back to Octo so that they could correct how they depicted Luke and also have him raise his X-Wing out of the water like everybody wanted him to. You know what I mean? Like there were, It was almost like there was this checklist of things they wanted to like correct Your whole from the movie last feels movie. like a reaction. It just like is not yeah. a good movie. <laughs> I know. Yeah, like a $300 million reaction. Yeah. Um, and poor Ray. In this whole movie, the whole franchise, I feel like she Daisy really gets such a good setup in the first one, really great emotional beats in the second one, and then this third one, because I loved how it's like you're no when Kylo Ren tells her you're nobody, yeah. yeah, your parents were junkies, drunks, they left you, they sold you. There's a great meme that's like best worst pickup line ever, and you're <laughs> like, I mean, it really is like that's like shitty, but it works so well in that moment. And that moment's like, oh, she could have joined him. Galactic like it was negging. so believable yeah. that she could <laughs> join him in that moment, like take yeah. his hand. It's it's yeah, it's the classic setup of like why you should go on the road trip with the like junky neighbor kid who's like, look, you're a fucking piece of shit too. Just get in my car and come to California with me. And also, why does everyone's lineage matter? Yeah. Like I like exactly. Why yeah. do I have to care I, where she comes from? You know what's funny? So my my uh, my parents come to see these movies with me every year. It's one of the reasons I end up seeing this three times was because we had to go see it with my mom and my dad. <laughs> yeah, I left and, halfway through the third time and got high in the bathroom and yeah. came back. <laughs> yeah. And they and it's like they don't care about Star Wars like like we do obviously, no, but they no. they know that I like it and so they like it and they like to do it with me or whatever. So anyway, so they come to see it and I was like talking to my mom about it afterwards. I was like, my mom would be an interesting read on like is this movie good or not, right? Like I have a lot of personal feelings about whether this movie is good or not. She's not going to have any of that personal ties to any of this. She doesn't know about the internet reaction to any of this. Like she, you know what I mean? I'm right there with you. My you mother's know? the same. She's and like, so anything was, Star Wars, you're fine. You're right. Cool so I was like, it. so did you like it? Like, what'd you think? And she was like, yeah, I liked it. And, I, and then we got to talking about it and stuff. And as we got talking about it, I was like, yeah, one of the things that I, I, that to me is like disappointing is that the movie ultimately is about this like civil war between two families that like completely upends the galaxy. That's like ultimately what this movie makes all these movies about is the Palpatines and the Skywalkers and this like war that they have together. And my mom goes, yeah, actually that's really interesting. I wouldn't have even put together that that's what these were about. Had you not said that? (laughs) So like, as I was trying to say, that's like uninteresting to me. She was like, actually that is interesting, but I had no idea that's what was happening because the movie's not good at even expressing that, that, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, the second time we saw it, we saw it with my family for yes. Christmas, and my dad and I always have to see Star Wars movies together because that's how we like bonded from a very young age. Um, but my nine-year-old sister came, and it was the first Star Wars movie, or eight-year-old. Uh, Oof. It was the first Star Wars movie she had ever seen, and so we were all like, "Oh my god!" Like. How, what is Sophia going to think about Star Wars? And we like walk out and I was like, Sophia, how did you like it? And she goes, I liked it. I liked like R2-D2. And I was like, okay, cool. Like that's a good reaction. And I was like, well, Sophia, there are eight more movies that you can watch. And she was like, I mean, I saw the last one. Why do I have to see the other? And we were like, I was like, fuck, this movie ruined it for you. A fan gone for life. God yeah. damn it. I mean, honestly, I really want her to watch Clone Wars because I think she would love it. I like, I want her to love it, but... Yeah. Uh, I think Sam's perspective is really interesting because she's really new into the series. Mm. Um, so she, in the end of her email that she sent me to read, you know, some notes that she said, she said, uh, you know, as someone who recently became obsessed, um, just like super disappointed in sort of a lot of what happened. So it's interesting to see newer folks, older folks. Like, I feel like everybody on the Star Wars spectrum has like a different opinion on what mm-hmm. um, this means like to their fandom. Mm-hmm. But united in disappointment, apparently. Unless you're one of those fucking I, I know some According boys. to Rotten Tomatoes. I know some people that really like this movie. Yeah. Uh, me too. I know I mean, a few people. Yeah. So. And I'm like, okay. I've, <laughs> I've kind of done this thing and we've, we've said it already. Like Clone Wars reinvigorates yes. the love of everything. Yeah. Um, I've started just sort of separate myself, my mind from my body and accept Star Wars movies as they are. Yeah. At at face value, I go into the theater and I and I know I'm. It's not going to be what I want, mm-hmm. but I sit there and try to just allow myself not to think about it and not to analyze it as it occurs and just be excited about new content and new things. And then later, I can I can rip it apart. But just in the moment, being really excited about Star Wars stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of that's nice. what I've been doing for six movies (laughs) i mean that's how i was a little bit finally able to enjoy this because like the first time we saw it i was like boy i have no idea how i feel about this i definitely have a lot of negative like immediate feelings but i don't know how i feel and then the second time i was literally bored the whole time i was like i was actually like oh my god like i think this movie's like broken or it broke me i was like so (laughs) bored the whole time i saw it the second time and i was like Disappointed in myself, disappointed in the movie, oh, like, you know what I mean? And then the third time I was like... Just pay attention to C-3PO. I know, yeah. But, yeah. but as you're kind of talking about, and you could say that this is just another version of a negative reaction, but like I was detached enough that I could just kind of right. go, this is what it is, and there's enjoyable things within it. You know, um, I overall don't think it's great. It's bottom of the barrel Star Wars for me, but I've spent years watching these movies and going like, yeah, episode two is bottom of the barrel Star Wars for me. I'll watch it again right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I've spent years. There's a few times I'll fast forward, but yeah, it's I, fine. I've, <laughs> I've spent years being very accepting of the fact that not all Star Wars is great Star Wars. You yeah. know, one so. of my favorite moments. We went to brunch uh, in Northern Liberties one yeah. time, and we were like drinking mimosas, and they had cl- the Attack of the Clones on, and then the woman switched <laughs> it to Braveheart, and we we're like. Hey, could you put 
clothes like is that the clothes <laughs> back on and she's like are you sure like you want to watch that and we're like yeah like i would definitely rather rather watch that shitty movie than like, braveheart <laughs> i was like given the choice braveheart attack of the clones i don't know attack of the clones, of clones. all day every goddamn that day that feels like a great Detective meter for Obi-Wan, fandom please yeah. give me it yeah. yeah we found out uh last night connor and i as we saw the invisible man that braveheart is coming back to theaters for two nights there is uh, a scene in Braveheart wow. yeah. where I think this is what happens. Cool. We'll yeah. stay at home and watch <laughs> something. <Attack of> the Clones. <laughs> I think Mel. <laughs> I think Mel Gibson rides a flaming horse through the wall of someone's bedroom while they're sleeping at in one like point. In like a dream, or yeah, something. in like a dream. I don't That's think he's on fire. Awesome. He has, yeah, he has a he has a mace. Uh, it's actually not a mace. It's whatever the thing without the spikes is. Yeah, um, like the ball on the morning, end of the chain. Morning star. No, Morningstar has spikes. Oh, okay. Whatever, whatever it is with like the ball, like just the big, and he <laughs> clubs that fucking dude in the yeah. bed. Yeah, that's pretty badass. It's pretty crazy. Um, also, all those movies I have uh, a fondness for because my mother and I used to go to movies like once a week, and we always saw super, super brutal things. Like, <laughs> Saving Private Ryan, yeah. fucking Braveheart. Like every time we were like, this seems like it's going to be good in the first. 30 minutes we're both like this is much more violent than I thought I was going <laughs> yeah. to see with my son and or mother <laughs> yeah those are the nice bonding moments with yeah. parents you're like no oh, we're both well we can't walk out because then we have to admit that we just saw all of this so we'll just ride it let's just ride yeah. it out mm-hmm. uh, my mom's a so-so kind of Star Wars fan and she was like should I see the Rise of Skywalker and I was like no <laughs> now nah, you just skip this one mm. Uh, cool. So I guess as we're sort of wrapping up our discussion, what excites you specifically about the future of Star Wars? I feel like that's um, a good moment to sort of end our discussion on. Anything Mandalorian specific? was very exciting, I thought. We really liked the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. and I'm looking forward to them Maybe doing I... more. <laughs> oh, sure. Yes. The child. We're looking forward to more of that. And and Tori and I are in the midst of just like falling in love with Clone Wars. Um, Ahsoka is just like a wonderful character. Yeah. Um, Ventress is a wonderful character. Yes. Uh, yeah, what's it? Is it Citrine or the Mandalorian like? Um, yeah, the queen? Prin- the princess queen oh. woman that Obi Wan like kind of crushes on. Sadine. Sadine. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like the women are, of Clone Wars are pretty awesome. Yeah, there are very like well written, wonderful women yeah. in Clone Wars, and I just want to see more women of the universe. We went to. Um, Brave New Worlds, the comic shop in Old City the other day, and um, in the kids' comic book section, like there were a couple cool ones, including the uh, Darth Maul with spider legs. Uh, but there was also one that so had cool. like Rose on the cover, and yeah. I was like, you know, like I hope like kids are excited about characters like her and they like the representation whole... that you know presents. It's I don't cool. think you and I have talked about this yet. I don't know if I've told you, but like a thing we could watch on Disney Plus if you want. It's directed at like very young kids, but there's a thing, I think it's called Forces of Destiny, mm. and it's just short films about the female characters of the Star yeah. Wars universe. Love it. I'm right? I think yeah, I'm right about animation. that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. The ladies and they're directed the at like very young girls, right? Yeah it's, yeah. it's it's like Lego, and then that, and then everything else. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. It's like I think right they were in the YouTube middle. shorts. Yeah. I think yeah, that's, I think that's right. how they yeah. started. Also, just like the women in general of like Ventress's like planet, I feel like Misty would love them so much. Oh, the, the fucking Night Sisters, Sisters are yeah. so the good. The Sisters are so cool. I would so love to cool. be a Night Sister. Did you guys play Jedi Fallen Order? I have been playing it, yeah. Yeah, yeah the Night Sister. Yeah, the, that, the Dathomir section. Going to Dathomir is really cool, yeah. Yeah. Um, if you really liked Ventress, then she does some cool stuff in the 2D Clone Wars. Oh, oh yeah. Cool. Yeah. Brief, but cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, she's a dope character. I, she's I really my like her. Favorite character in like so all cool. of Star Wars. Um, she's awesome. Which you guys will get the tail end of since you're like near the end of Clone Wars anyway. You get a, a little bit more cool. That, like puts her all together yeah. in this amazing, amazing fucking package. She's great. That's I'm cool. in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, recently, um, Lucasfilm announced and Disney announced uh, the High Order. Right, which um, is. Going back to the old Republic. That's what we were talking about before, right? right. High Order? Like so the, the High Republic is, I think it's going to be 200 years before the Skywalker Saga, so before Phantom Menace. Okay. So 200 years in the past, uh, so no Sith, most likely. Um, and so it's not going to be in any films. It's only books and comics. Right. Um, there'll probably be a video game eventually. Yeah. Um, and so there's three novels coming out, I think starting in the late summer through 2021. So it's about like the most opulent period of like the Jedi Council and the... Described uh, as the Knights of the Round Table era. Right. Of the Jedi. right. Does this have connection with the Timothy Zahn books that he is doing? I think because he's doing Thrawn stuff, so he might... It might be in that. I don't know. What's cool is that they brought all of the current Star Wars authors and like comic create book and comic creators together. I think in like 2019 to Lucasfilm Ranch to brainstorm this 200 year mm-hmm. set past gotcha. setting. Um, so the yeah um, Charles Soule who did the Darth Vader comics and a bunch of other comics. Um, Claudia Gray who wrote the Ahsoka book. Like all of these authors are coming together to produce this. MCU version of Star yeah, Wars, yeah. but just in comics and books. Sweet. Very cool. Um, so I, you know. I'm into it. Job prospects are changing in the future, so I'll probably have a longer, you know, a commute of sorts, so I definitely will invest in the audiobooks. Mm-hmm. Uh, my cousin listens to all the Star Wars audiobooks, and he says they have, like, special effects, sound effects, you know, like, mm-hmm. all this cool, uh, really, like, high production value stuff. So nice. So definitely want to, I think that will be, like, another way to, like, that my fandom will, like, really soar. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, I, I agree with Tori and Garrett and all their future hopes. Um, I'm going to pull from the trilogy we just shat on for quite a while. Uh, coming up with new ways to rethink powers uh, of Jedi and Sith. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that they did a really cool job, like the the um, projection and stopping blasters and things that we've never seen before. I really, that are really simple, like really simple execution of of powers that we've seen for so long that have not really gone past. which is right. a Sith thing. Exactly. Not just a fucking Palpatine thing. <laughs> <laughs> but things that we've we've not, not seen, things that are really simple, things that are uh, just allow those worlds to grow a little mm. bit more um, that, I'm, that I'm excited for. Like, yeah. think within the lines of this criteria, there's so much more we can do other than force push and lift people up mm-hmm. um, that I think will allow for awesome action, awesome interrogation, awesome, all those things can get really nuanced. Yeah. Part of me hopes that Ryan Johnson never does make the trilogy that was announced. That Remember, he was going to like make his own trilogy. Like right, after, remember, right yeah. after Last Jedi, they announced yeah. he would make his own trilogy. Something tells me that's not going to come to pass, and I kind of hope that's the case, mostly because I'd rather see Ryan Johnson make Ryan Johnson movies mm. and not like Star Wars movies, you know? But one of the best things about The Last Jedi, I think, is that it is the most like a samurai movie that any Star Wars has been. Yep. Star Wars is, has a, 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 you know, a long history of being based in the tradition of samurai movies, but it is the most like a samurai movie of any of the Star Wars movies. And something that... Uh, I think is a huge missed opportunity in Rise of Skywalker that is touched on multiple times 
is the idea of using the force in actual like hand-to-hand combat. Right. Mm. Where like, yes, you're sword fighting, but you're also pulling the other person towards the blade that you're exactly. pushing at them and you're pushing them away as they swing at you. You're, Kylo does it like one time by yes. just stopping well, her lightsaber. There's a really great moment where he doesn't have a lightsaber and has yeah. to face off against the Knights of Ren that they only let last for like a second. Yeah. And when it started, I was like, holy shit, we're gonna get a whole fight where he only has the force to be able to defend himself against these like lightsaber wielding guys or whatever, you know? And that doesn't really come to pass, but I want to <laughs> see that. I want to see the more... Like literal hand, I want to see the kung fu movie. Yeah, People Star Wars. People choose to not lo- use a lightsaber. Yeah. even. Yeah, like, I want yeah. to see the Star Wars kung fu movie. That's yeah. really what That's... I'm. I'm very interested in. It would look a lot like um the Avatar cartoon, I think, ah, it, where you could combine the force powers. <laughs> with, you know, like I think you could use so force good. powers like that in fighting. Yep, and it would look really cool. I I would really like to to see that. That's this is me now just imagining a, a yeah Star Wars oh no thing. that's fine I, yeah, that's I think fine. what's exciting about like a um, Jason Bourne yeah like oh my yeah. god <laughs> closet fight with force powers yeah yeah crazy <laughs> um, in Jedi Fallen Order you meet uh, a race of uh, force users called the Zepho that are not Jedi they're not Sith they're something else right. and so I would love to see like you're kind of saying Garrett of like great the Jedi had their way the Sith had their way like what is yep. other yeah. how do other creatures use the force yeah. Yeah, it's like it's that gray area, like that. I think is the most interesting, and I want to see more of. Uh, then the two books that I just gave you guys will be will be interesting. There's like a little bit of uh, Wookie stuff, a little bit of uh, Nagiri, N O G H R I. They're like little gray alien dudes, like a whole race of people. Like their story's really hmm. cool, cool. But they're kind of like little ninjas. Oh, cool. Um, so, it. It, and they're not particularly like force sensitive, but it adds like a whole nother yeah. mm-hmm. layer to to the world. Cool. That's like really, that's really cool. awesome. And you're talking about the just so people know that are listening the Timothy Zahn trilogy yes. of uh, Thrawn books, but like the the old Timothy Zahn Thrawn trilogy. There will soon be a new yes. Timothy Zahn uh, Thrawn trilogy. Dark Force Rising, um, Final Command, and I can't remember what the other yeah, one's called. Yeah. Cool. I think it's kind of surprising coming out of this movie. Um, how bright the future of Star Wars is. Like Disney Plus, television, animation, books, comics. My only concern is that it's Disney doing all of it. I just say I have like a real distaste for Disney in general. I don't like that they're buying up all this IP. And in general, I feel like they sort of neuter a lot of like the IP they buy into becoming more like Disney products, which this movie seems a lot like evidence of. Alternatively, we also had The Mandalorian last year, which felt like the most exciting, cool, exactly what I want out of Star Wars if you're going to make new Star Wars. You know, so... I I'm like I'm with you, but 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 um uh, uh I I'm, I remain cautiously very 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 yeah they were trying to buy up Tolkien when uh, his yeah. son died and I was like who do I have to kill I'm like so we also had an executive now. step down yeah. the guy that's responsible yeah. for all the yeah, streaming Bob yeah all the streaming all that yeah. shit so that's a a whole new uh, now the guy who was in charge of theme parks is exactly the CEO. a whole new unknown weird, territory weird it's pick, a very actually. strange. Yeah. Promotion. Yeah. <laughs> Cloudy with a chance for goodness, I think is my weather prediction for hey now. <laughs> I think I'd prefer meatballs, but I do like that movie. You guys see that movie? No, yeah. never. No. Cloudy with a chance for it's meatballs. Real fun. It's I read funny. the book. I, I'm glad someone got it. It's a Lord Miller movie. there for a second. The guys that tried to make the solo movie. <laughs> it's them. I would love to see that movie. Me too. Me too. 
All right. Well, thanks for joining us for the first inaugural episode of Wookie with That. Wookie with uh, That. Our new theme song. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Garrett afterward just say that a few times in the mic, We're and then we'll just run that it. as our intro. I'm just I'm gonna have to find audio of the Kenan Thompson thing I'm referring to just to <laughs> prove to you guys it exists. Um, we believe you. We just like what you're doing. <laughs> I like your version of it. Yeah. Uh, anything? I know we got some stuff to shout out. So anything oh, pressing uh, that you want to promote? Yeah, I, I host a podcast called I Like to Movie. Uh, you can find us everywhere on the internet at I Like to Movie. It's the numeric two. Um, we have a Patreon coming up soon. Like we're we should have a Patreon live soon. Uh, and you can if you uh, look us up on um, iTunes or whatever podcatcher feed that you use, um, you'll find like a bonus episode we just put up that's kind of like a preview of what we're gonna do with our uh, our Patreon. So um uh, yeah, check check us out and listen to us. Uh, our latest episode is on uh, John Woo's The Killer which is a great fucking movie. Right on. Sweet. I guess I should uh, promote my business. Uh, My wife and I have uh, a bookstore in uh, East Passyunk called Nava Idea in Passyunk. Uh, Tori is our newest employee and one and only employee. So it's it's great. And we talk about stores all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So come by uh, 1726 East Passyunk or novelideafilly.com. It's a beautiful bookshop. We're know, it's so a, great. a little indie bookshop that does lots of events, authors, uh, poetry, fiction, flash, anything you can imagine. And you're on Twitter and Instagram, and yep. people should Twitter, follow you Instagram, on those places. Yeah, uh, because you guys Facebook. have all kinds of like events and classes. And Tons. We yeah. did 233 events last year. Um, you guys so, are insane. Yeah, it, it was too much. It was too much. We're trying to do just a little bit less this year. Um, so. And Christina's book is going on pre-sale the 8th. Yeah, right? I think it's yeah. It should be this the end of this week. Yeah, the end of this week, which it, will w- be posted by then. So, yeah. um, Christina's writing a really has wrote a really amazing collection, and we're all excited about yeah. it. And you can buy it. Collection of uh, feminist fairy tales. Uh, the launch is at our store uh, March twenty first. So exciting! Uh, but it can be pre ordered on March eighth. Correct. So, we'll what's the book it. called so people can pre order? It's called She is a Beast, and it'll be on her Instagram. It'll be on the bookstore's website, novelideafilly.com. Uh, and then we'll also have links to uh, purchase it directly through the publisher. Very cool. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for joining Butter with That on this new adventure. Uh, this will probably be a, I've been thinking of like a once in a while kind of spinoff. Mm-hmm. Maybe when uh, we're all caught up on the last season of Clone Wars, maybe come back to talk about that. Idea. Mandalorian season Don't two. Don't tease me, Connor. <laughs> um, maybe we'll do a retrospective also on The Last Jedi, Force mm-hmm. Awakens. Oh, so yeah. if you like the spinoff, definitely let us know. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Butter with That Podcast at gmail.com and Butter with That One on Twitter. We're coming for the actual Butter with That One day. <laughs> it shall be ours. Them. Um, also, also, I just want to throw in uh, my latest review is up on Cinema 76 for The Invisible Man. So please read that. Um, we'll have more stuff up soon because Garrett and I both write for them. Um, I'll hopefully be having a new Cronenberg piece up soon. So, yeah. So much exciting stuff happening yeah. for us. Um, we'll have a great rest of your day whenever you're listening to this. And um, be sure to listen to all the podcasts that we do and go to a novel idea and head on over to Cinema 76. and. Woo. Have a wonderful day.